0: guys. Good morning, good morning, good morning again. We're going to get started with the message soon. How you guys doing? Doing good? Great. Uh, if I haven't met you my name is Mitchell and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch and um, welcome welcome to Antioch where the pastors dress identical on Sundays do you notice that me and Larry we look about the same he's been a little more modest kind of covering up his forearms he's real strong but anyways <laughs> we literally look the same It's hilarious Um But anyways, glad you guys are here, and um, we are in uh, part three of a series that we have titled uh, Health of the House. Everybody say Health of the House. Health of the House, and in short, um, we've just been talking about what are some different elements that make up a healthy house of God or a healthy church. And let me give it just a couple disclaimers because... um, Usually on a Sunday, there's majority of you guys that are here. You're like a part of this church. You're a part of Antioch. Um, And then there's people that are from out of town. And then there's folks that there's a group of you guys that are just checking things out. Um, Maybe you've come a couple times. Maybe it's your first time. Um, Anyways, I just wanted to comment on that because you'll notice in the way that uh, I'm preaching and communicating this message this morning, I'm kind of primarily speaking to our house, like our church, our folks. And so, but if you are from out of town or you are visiting, I think the things that I'm going to be sharing this morning as we look at primarily the book of Ephesians again, it's just, they're just helpful takeaways that you can literally take anywhere. Because I think almost every one of you, and I've kind of addressed this over the series, want to be part of a healthy church. A healthy body. I'm pretty confident all of you want that. Yes, you can nod. (laughs) Okay, if you don't, there's something wrong. I want to be a part of a really unhealthy church. Okay, there's something wrong. Uh, but we want to be a part of a healthy body. And so some of the things I'm sharing, you can take that with you wherever you go. Take that back home if you're from out of town. If you end up landing at a different church uh, in northwest Arkansas, take these things with you and figure out, okay, how can I apply this elsewhere? Is this making sense? Um, so health of the house. All right. And we've been sharing from Ephesians chapter two this is kind of our theme passage here, verses 19 through 22. And it says "Listen, and I read it again. It says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So let me pause for a second. So we are no longer strangers and aliens. Some of you are like, aliens, I knew they were real. No, 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 that means like (laughs) foreigner, sojourner, okay. Um, And when we are saved and brought into um, salvation and to relationship with God, we're actually not just saved as solely individuals, and we stay on an island for the rest of our life, and it's only me and God. What we're saved into is a family. We're where we are called a people, citizens of heaven, citizens of what this says here, the household of God. And it's amazing. It's, I'm so thankful for the household or the people of God. Then in verse 20, it says, "We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, and whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord." And then verse 22, one of my favorites, it says, "In Him, you are also being built together." into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That is a mouthful, but what it's saying is when we are joined together in a healthy way, what this becomes is a place where God's glorious presence dwells, where His Spirit is among us, where He has sensed, He has felt, He has worshipped, He's revered. And hopefully you, you felt some of that this morning. Uh, but man, I long for that, for that to be so true, that this is not us humans performing and putting on something that can wow you but you're in awe of him and you're like oh my gosh he's here church is not a building it's not a name you know on on our sign it's not uh, a worship style or the uh, personality of a pastor (laughs) this is a dwelling place for the spirit of God and when we gather in his name man I want us to know he's here and he's alive and he's real he can do anything and some of you are like, hear that, and like, yes, your heart's on fire, and I want to be, with, I want to experience God. Some of you, that's new, but but it's, it's normal, biblically, that this is what the people of God are called to do. When we gather, we're here for Him, and His presence is among us. Amen? All right, well, there's a few different elements we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks um, that make up a healthy church, and uh, we've also addressed the fact that You know, when we think of a healthy church body, a healthy house, it's not just up to the leaders, but like we all have a part to play, even the members as well. And there's lots of different elements I could have shared, but I wrapped it up into four things to make it a little memorable, and here's a slide that has um, kind of the phrases we've been looking at the last few weeks. So a healthy church has everyone experiencing God, connected to the body, contributing to the body, and equipped for ministry. Now, a lot of that I took from Ephesians chapter 4, which we dove into last week, uh, verses 1 through 16. We uh, broke it down thoroughly. We also got to hear some testimonies last week of um, ways that people have been impacted by the body. We've uh, knocked off the first two. Last week was connected to the body. And um, this week we're going to dive into the third one, everyone contributing to the body. But before that, let me give you a little recap of one of the things from last week in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 1 through 3, it lists off a bunch of different words that describe what it looks like for us to walk worthy of the calling that we were called with. It has You can turn there if you want Ephesians 4. I don't have it on the screen, but it says things like humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So we looked at all these descriptive words. This is what it looks like for us to walk worthy of our calling. But the reality is none of those descripting words can actually be walked out unless we are deeply connected relationally. And so last week we looked at, we, it's hard for us to actually walk worthy of the calling God's called us to if we're not connected to the body relationally. So that's what I talked about a lot last week is the importance of doing that. And I gave you a couple um, practicals. There's another slide here. I, I have a cheesy little, uh, what, what is this called, acronym. Um, We're talking about the body of Christ, and here's our kind of what now. This is like, it's it's biblical, it's clear, we want to be a part of it, but here's what it can look like for us. Again, I'm talking to us, those of you that are here. One, being a life group, then after that, we're opening up our heart to other people, we're committing, we're devoting ourselves, and then we're yielding to the Spirit of God, letting Him do in us whatever He wants to do as we open our life up to community. So hopefully that's a helpful reminder uh, but today, what we're going to focus on is everyone contributing to the body. Everybody say the word contributing. So Healthy Eat Church is everyone contributing to the body. When you were working on a team, how many of you guys have ever played sports before, on a, like team sports? Great. Um, okay, I, uh, sports, that's really all I know. Is there other team activities? <laughs> uh, t- what? Theater, work, acting. Yes, teams. Uh, We did, me and uh, my wife, father-in-law, and my two sons did an escape room last night. Anyone done an escape room before? Yeah, yeah. Do you like it? (laughs) It's kind of intense sometimes. But anyways, we won. We got out. Praise God. Testimony. Yeah. (laughs) It was our first, well, Beth was the, the pro. She's been one other time, but There's something about when you are working with a team, the way that it becomes successful is if each person is contributing something. You know, when it's too heavy on one person, then sometimes everyone else is either slacking or doesn't feel very purposeful. And uh, even if you're trying to, like, take charge, like, we all need to do our part and all need to contribute if we want to accomplish, in a sense, the mission. And so I just love that word contributing because you see that all throughout Ephesians chapter 4. And um, I want you thinking about, okay, what could that look like within a healthy church, each person contributing? All right, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you are at Ephesians chapter 4, say, I am there. If you're not there, say, hold on. All right. If you're waiting for the screen, say, I'm waiting for the screen. (laughs) Uh, My wife, she's waiting for the screen. All right. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Let me... Read this. We, we broke it down uh, last week or different parts of this. But let me just read it again for context, and then we're going to focus in on verse 16 this morning. Here we go. It says this. Again, the context of Ephesians It's really t- Paul is writing to this church, strengthening them, s- sharing a few things. He's praying over them, but he's also continuing to teach them what does it look like to have a healthy church, healthy household of God. Verse 11 says, We are speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Great passage. Again, huge mouthful, but we broke that down a little bit last week, and we're going to primarily focus in on verse 16 in just a second but let me pray because i always love just asking the holy spirit to help us understand his word and help us apply it to our lives let's pray together and you can also agree with me and pray that that you would understand that god would help you understand this morning so lord we just come before you knowing that we need your help in understanding your word and i pray that your word would shape us would mold us would teach us again would equip us Lord, that you would give us insight into what you are saying through your word this morning. We need you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what we see throughout this passage is really the beauty and the health and strength that comes when the body of Christ is working together. Now, before I get into verse 16, I want you to see the end of 15 because it's a very important point that I want to talk about. It says, We're growing up into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined together. So point number one I want us to remember as we're talking about the body of Christ, the church, this is Jesus' body. He is the head, and we, or this, his church, is his body. Ephesians 1.22 uh, says it really clearly. It says he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And it's a simple point, but I want us to remember when we are talking about the body of Christ or the church, we are talking about Jesus' body, something that matters to him, something that is special to him. His body is special to him, and it's, it's holy. It's the body of Christ. It's holy. It's not casual. And it matters to him how healthy it is, and it matters how it functions. And so when we talk about his body, I already mentioned this, we're not talking about a building or a certain style of worship. We're talking about something that requires some reverence. And so the reason I'm mentioning this is because the more I live as a Christian, the more I'm a pastor, I hear people talk about the church, and I get concerned sometimes that the church get get treated a little bit too lightly. Like without reverence and honor, it's as if we're like it's another restaurant that we can give a little Yelp review to. Oh, I didn't expect that to sting, but okay, <laughs> you know. Or, or it's like a Google. It's like another thing I can give a Google review to, which literally you can. <laughs> you can leave here today, and I think you can give us a Google review, but don't <laughs> just worship God. Uh, seriously, I mean, if you want to, go ahead. Um, gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, it, the, re- the reason I mention that is because as you look at the word of God, again, it's Christ's body. This is holy. This is reverent. This is his. And um, I want us to be careful to make sure that we're matching, you know, what we see in Scripture, which is it, it matters to him how healthy it is and how we speak about it and how we talk about it, how we think about his church. Now, are there things that his body, his church need to grow in and work on? Yes, this is literally what Ephesians 4 says. you got to work together. you got to stay unified. And when you're doing that, you're going to build yourself up in strength and in love. And you're going to get some of the immaturities out. You're going to get some of the weaknesses out. You're going to get some of the things that aren't right. And you're going to get those things in line. You see in that through Ephesians 4? And it reminded me, as I was thinking about this, you know, it's not a Yelp review. You know, it's not a Google review. It reminded me of a story in Acts chapter 5. Um, where it was just clear to me that, the, at least in the early days, early church, there was no kind of Yelp review mindset. Look, look at this. If you want to read a chapter that will just mess you up about the church, read Acts chapter 5. <laughs> Anyways, there's a lot in there, but here's one part. Acts chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. It says, Many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. That's amazing. So God was shown up in powerful ways, doing miracles. Then it says, They were all together in Solomon's portico which is just, it was a section of the temple that was in Jerusalem at the time. And it's this big kind of porch area. And so they gathered there. And it says, none of the rest, look at this, none of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Now, the reason I read that is I want you to see like that, even from outsiders, that's how the church was known in that day. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to join them. There's something holy going on over there. <laughs> Yet, isn't that interesting? Look at the last verse. Yet they grew a lot. A lot of people joined. <laughs> how does that work together? I don't know. It's, there's something holy going on. We have reverence for God is there. His presence is among those people. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to join that lightly. I'm not going to send in a review. I'm going like, to, like, revere what's going on there. And and through that and through the probably the lifestyle that these believers were living, many people were saved and convicted and brought into the family of God. And I just want to submit to you guys, like, is it possible to restore the story of the church today? Where when we gather, when the people of God gather, not just here at Antioch, but all over, that the presence of God is so strong. Miracles are happening. The fear of the Lord is there But actually what begins to happen is not just a bunch of complaining and a bunch of just hate about the church, but there's a sense of, oh, my gosh, those people are different, and God is among them. There's just something about that that's like, I know it's possible because this is the heart of God throughout Scripture, is that his presence would be among his people, and there would be a sense of holiness and the fear of the Lord there. And just believing that God's going to restore that in Jesus' name to his church. All right, let's keep going here. That was all my free intro. (laughs) So let's look at verse 16. That's where we're going to spend the majority of our time uh, this morning. Uh, uh, Verse 16. Here we go. Let me read it one more time. It says, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What I want you to see is a couple different phrases there. Um, And there's a slide that kind of shows you these. But in that verse... The phrase, every joint and each part is mentioned. And when he's uh, saying that, what that refers to is the kind of the individual, the I or the me. And then he says phrases like the whole body or the body or itself, and that's the corporate expression, the us and the we. And so if I were to read that again, here's another way that I could say that or what he's trying to communicate. It says, from whom we joined and h- held together by what... Let me say, I'm going to read it to you. You provide with what you're equipped. When you are working properly, you make us grow so that we are built up in love. I love how he distinguishes the connection and brings the connection between us operating healthily and the individual's responsibility. And that's kind of what I wanted to share and submit to you guys this morning is, Man, when we are all operating in different our gifts or serving or doing different things, what it does to us is it makes us healthier and stronger. And literally this morning you're in a room where there's just so many people. I can see, I mean, those willing to sit in the balcony uh, this morning to make room for you guys down here. Such a blessing. I see people back there in the sound booth that are serving. Obviously the worship team. Like all these people are contributing so that we have an experience together, that we get strengthened and built up together. And there's another translation I want to show you guys in the NLT, um, because I love some of the phrasing here. It says this, Ephesians 4.16 in in the NLT. I think it's up there. I don't have it on my, my paper, so hopefully you got it. There it is. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, everybody say each part, does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. Isn't that great? That's the type of body I want to be a part of. Now, there's a lot of different ways I could communicate this, but this morning I'm hoping to be super, super simple and practical to bring this home And how can we apply this today, what can that look like for our church. And again, if you're visiting or hopping around, checking out churches, think about these things, consider them as, okay, these are important parts to make sure I consider as I get plugged into a local church. And here's the three primary ways I'm going to mention that I've found as I look through Scripture. There, there are consistent examples in Scripture of how the church is contributing to the body. Here are the, are the three. They'll be on the screen. Primary ways to contribute to the body. One is giving. One is serving. And the third is praying. So we're going to talk about giving, serving, and praying. I look at a little biblical context for that as we talk about contributing to the body. All right. You ready for number one? Giving. Everybody say Giving. All right, so yes, I'm going to talk about money. Here I go. Yet again, a pastor talking about money. Listen, I know it makes a few of us feel uncomfortable when the church talks about money, but let me just share a couple disclaimers first. First off, if there's anybody in this room where you've had a poor experience or there's something that a leader in a church has done to break trust with you because of mishandling money, first, I am so sorry. That is not okay. It's not right. Uh, leaders in the body of Christ are supposed to be trusted. And so when they mishandle things, it hurts and it breaks trust. And again, I am so sorry for that. Secondly, I, I do want to just all I want to do is just pull us back to what does scripture actually teach? And if it's something that is brought out, brought up in scripture, then I don't want to avoid it just because I know it could bring up some pain of the past in our lives. And um, it is just clear that it it's all throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus talked about money. Um, it wasn't his number one topic that he talked about, but he mentions it a lot. And I was th- we were thinking as a staff, like, when was the last time we did, like, a series on finances? And it was, like, uh, September of 2020 when none of you were here. <laughs> Who was here in September of 2020? All right. Oh, okay. 30 of you. All right. <laughs> Remember that series? No, you don't. All right. You have no idea what we preached on. <laughs> And uh, so I was thinking, okay, if our church is about three and a half years old, we did it one series, all right, I'm feeling pretty good because Jesus had about a three, three and a half year ministry and talked about it more than one series. Anyways, so, um, but anyways, I, I just want to mention that because I don't want to avoid something just because I know it's uncomfortable, if it's biblical, and we need to address it. And so I'm not going to go super in depth, though some of you might think this is in depth. Let me give you just like a, a snapshot. And then in a few weeks, Larry and then Jeremy, all you guys know Jeremy, they're going to dive into kind of a series more biblically how do we understand money and how do we understand um, how to use it for his glory. Um, but let me um, give you a slide here. You can take a picture of this if you want. But what this is, is a bunch of verses that, at least in the New Testament, for your sake, I skipped all the Old Testament references, okay, because I know you like that New Testament, all right? So <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of verses that uh, talk about how it's part of a healthy, functioning body that we contribute, even financially. So all those, you can take a picture of that and reuse that for your reference later. Um, but many of them talk about how um, generosity is important to the heart of God. Many of those talk about what do we do with the funds that are given Many of it talk about just making sure we're not distracted by money, okay? You can take a a picture of those and glance at those later. But the one I want to highlight that I think communicates the heart most clearly is that 2 Corinthians 9. And uh, let me turn there, and it'll be up up here on the screen, but let's look at this. I think this communicates the heart really clearly, and it's something that I, I care about a lot as we learn to function together healthily as a body. So 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 and 7. The context is really clearly talking about a collection of funds, even it says, hey, set it aside, first day of the week, set it aside so that we can uh, distribute those funds accordingly to those that are in need. Then verse 6, it says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what giver? Cheerful, Cheerful giver. So Let me uh, talk about that just for a second. You know, we, every week Larry comes up here and, and we facilitate offering. And I feel great about it because it's so biblical. But what we want, the culture that we want here is, man, it's a joy. It's like, great, I'd love to give to, f- to bless the church, to further the mission of God. And if you feel reluctant or you feel, you know, pressured to do it, then honestly, don't give. Because we don't want that to be in your heart. Usually we feel that way because there's something that needs to be worked out because of some pain or some lack of trust. But we want joyful, cheerful giving because that's what God is looking on, looking for. And it goes on the next few verses to talk about when we give. God promises provision. Uh, we'll have all that we need. And then he continues to keep going. And, but the call is clear, at least for this church here and then on the, all the other references I gave you. The invitation is clear. Hey, we're called to be a generous people to provide for those that are in need. And then I, I've been reading through Proverbs, and I uh, kind of randomly, just in my own time with God, and I found this proverb, verse uh, chapter eleven, verse twenty four, that really stood out to me, and I think it could be helpful for some of us um, as we're thinking about this. But Proverbs eleven twenty four says, "One gives freely, yet grows all the richer; another withholds what he should give, and only suffers want." Wow! I read that the other day. I was like, "Oh my goodness." I want to be in the first half of that verse. (laughs) And so this is wisdom from God is when we trust him, when we give, even if something that's precious to us, like he is so faithful to provide and we're not going to be in lack. And uh, I think that's important as I talk about this, especially knowing our church. Like, There's a lot of college students here. And when I talk about money, you're like, I don't have any of that. (laughs) Even some of you guys are in different transitions of jobs. You know, it's like I get it. I get it. Um, But the reality is you do somehow. Uh, You couldn't get to church without some form of finances paying for your gas. And I see you drinking your Onyx coffee that costs $17. And so anyways, there's some way. (laughs) God bless Onyx. Anyways, there's some way that you paid for that, I think. I hope. Um, But it does apply to us. I remember, gosh, I remember... um, Now, I got saved uh, halfway through junior year of high school, so I was 17, and I was just learning a lot those first few months, and then I didn't, I was committed to playing basketball um, and throughout the rest of my senior year, but after basketball season was over, I started working a little bit, and then my kind of real, first real big job was the summer right after I graduated high school, and I worked for my dad's company, home building company, and I made $11 an hour. That was in 2006. I felt like a millionaire, all right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i remember getting my first check and um and i was i had learned and i'd studied scripture about the tithe and different things and i remember i still remember to this day driving through the bank getting that check anyways cashing out something and i looked at it i was like i'm about to tithe three digits to the church and i i walk in that next sunday kind of little strut like hey <laughs> you know just i get to there was a I love that. That was actually genuinely joyful for me because I had missed out on that because I just didn't have the funds. But but there is something about trusting God. There's something about giving, knowing that it's going to something that matters, that the Lord like wants to awry, like awaken in us with this topic. It's not, it doesn't have to be heavy. It's just something that obviously matters to him, and it gets to be used for his glory. So here, here's how it could look, ways that giving can look, and there's three different things I'll mention. One is the tithe, um, which, again— some of us are wondering, is that even biblical now in the New Testament? We'll dive into that in a couple weeks when Larry and Jeremy do the do the series. There's offering, and I broke that down to two different things, missions and meeting specific needs. And then the last one is just for fun, giving just for fun. There's so many ways. I think some of you guys have done that. That could be as simple as you just, just for fun you pay for somebody's lunch when you're hanging out with them, you know, or just for fun you want to bless somebody to go on a trip, or just for fun you want to – one time we had <laughs> – I don't, again, I still don't know where it came from, but uh, years ago, we had an envelope of cash. I think it was like $700 that was just placed on our doorstep one, one day uh, while we lived in Texas. And we're like, what on earth? We still have no idea where it came from, but that was, that was fun. <laughs> it was hopefully fun for the giver, but it was also fun for us. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, well, what's the impact? What's the impact of our giving? Okay, here's a couple different things. Again, it'll be on the screen. You can take pictures of all this stuff. You can use your phone as long as you're not on tiktok but anyways impact of giving here's how it can look within the the church one the sustainability of the church two, trust is built accomplishing the mission needs are met and then it leads to joy thankfulness and worship let me comment on a couple of those you can keep that up there sustainability of the church for example for us you know our church is a little over three years old um and some of you guys don't know this and we realize we haven't been very clear but um there was a group of us that moved to start this church from, te- from uh, we moved from Texas, and we started this church about three and a half years ago. In order to focus on b- planting this church and doing it full time, all three of us, at that time, it was me and Maggie and Jeremy, we raised financial support from friends and family, primarily our church back in uh, Texas. We reached out to people, hey, would you support us financially? People said yes, they gave us money so that we can have a salaries so that we can feed our families. And So that was uh, about three and a half years ago that that journey started. Still to this day, all five of our staff are, uh, the way that we get paid is through outside donors outside of this church that that still support us. As our church has grown, the church has been able to provide a little bit of each staff person's salary, Um, but we just, I just wanted to tell you that just in case you're curious or want to know that we still um, are at that place. Now we're growing and we're transitioning, but it helps the sustainability of our church when the locals also contribute as well. And it helps pay for the staff and also literally everything that we're doing this morning. It helps um, meet those needs and helps our church be more sustainable. Trust is built. You get to learn to trust God because he always provides. You also get to learn how to r- rebuild trust within the church. As you see church leaders continually being faithful and not mishandling money, it actually rebuilds trust um, accomplishes the mission. So here's a couple of things th- uh, that we care a lot about is disciples being made like the gospel being preached and people from all over the world have an opportunity to hear the gospel we care a lot about that it's literally like the the tip of our spear so to speak if we gather here we want to experience god but also what we're trying to do is help the nations of the earth those that have not heard the gospel here and he, here's uh a way some of you guys know this but we're sending out our first long-term missionary kelly can see soon <laughs> as soon as possible are you in here kelly or, hey kelly um You know, and so um, she's been raising financial support for the last about two months now. And um, this is another way that, man, through the generosity and contribution of the people of God, she is able to not only personally fulfill a calling on her life, but it allows us as a church to fulfill the mission God's given us, which is to train and send people to go to the nations of the earth. She's going to the Middle East. and going to proclaim Jesus to a people that need him. And, um, Man, we just want to get her there. And right now, the only reason she's not left yet is because she needs more funds. If you offer to pray for her, thank you. She just doesn't need any more people praying. She She needs money. All right, let me rephrase that. She needs everybody to pray, but her current pressing need is finances. All right, I think you know what I meant. Okay, and like there's a little slide that she put together that shows you right now she needs $4,100 still per month, which she broke it down a little graphically there. That means I think it's about five people to commit to 300 a month, five to 200, 10 to 100, I think another 10 to 50, and another uh, 10 people to commit to $10 a month. Widespread there because obviously all of us are at different places, but what I would love to see is that our church helps us get her out the door and sends her out. Literally, this is a church-wide win that we can, can contribute financially to help her get out the door and fulfill the mission of God. So hopefully that's helpful, and of course, if you want to talk to Kelly, you can see her after service. Why don't you raise your hand again? There's Kelly. She's got, you know, Hey, Kelly! Hey, look. We love you, Kelly. And some of you look at that, and you're like, hey, I think I can do one of those, you know? And so if, if so, talk to Kelly afterwards. She'd love to connect with you. And y- your funds are going to help <laughs> helping people encounter Jesus in the Middle East. They need the love of God. All right, um, let me keep rolling here. Um, oh, sorry, one more thing about our mission. Some, we mentioned the Tijuana mission trip and uh, that's happening in, um, for spring break. So there's another opportunity down a couple weeks from now. What we're gonna do is a, what we're gonna call a Giving Sunday for that mission trip in particular. So February 12th, I think that's two or three Sundays from now. We'll do a giving Sunday just for that mission trip because a lot of college students are going. But one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of college students is how am I going to pay for this mission trip? But if we can uh, contribute together as a church, that would be a huge blessing for many college students that would be in need. So that's coming up in a couple weeks there, another opportunity to give. Anyways, let's keep rolling here. Um, where am I at? Go back to that slide, impact of giving. Talked about needs being met. We've already addressed that. And then the last thing I want to share here is that joy, thankfulness, and worship piece. This is mentioned in 2 Corinthians 9, kind of the second half of it, verse 11 through 13. He says, after, hey, give cheerfully. says, here's what's going to happen. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Isn't that great? It's like, as you are generous, what it produces is thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. So when we give, it leads to worship. It leads to joy. It leads to needs being met, and it leads to, oh, my gosh, God, you're so good. I remember a couple very um, meaningful examples I can think of for my wife and I's life. I think this was the maybe March of 2015. Our um, three-month-old son at the time, Micah, we were in, at the beach trying to have a family vacation, but we decided to spend the family vacation at the hospital because he came down with a really, really bad uh, cough. It was an RSV, and it sent him to the hospital for, I think, five days. And um, so difficult, so hard, and we were just broken in need, trusting God, but it was difficult. Uh, we didn't ask for this, but some of our friends in our life group back in College Station, the Antioch that we were going to there, they had said they saw us in need. They were praying for us, praying for Micah. Micah, praise God, was healed and got out of the hospital. But they blessed us and surprised us when we got back, and they had raised over four, I think about over four thousand dollars to pay for all the medical bills that we had for that week and we were like are you serious and it led to worship and gratitude and thankfulness because the people of god um, cared and met knees and took this seriously it was so encouraging so amazing last thing i want to say about this uh, topic is every single gift matters literally everything one of my favorite stories about just even the littlest of gifts matters is we've been on a couple journeys of raising financial support for the uh, ministry we've been doing. And we had one donor that was finishing out nursing school or something, but she was so committed to what we were doing. And she said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys $3 a month. And you know what I love about that? She never said sorry. Sorry. I wish it was more. She said, I'm going to be a faithful giver, and I'm going to give you $3 a month. And it was like, yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I, she was my favorite giver. I don't know if I'm allowed to have a favorite giver, but she was my favorite one because she was so faithful, and she did it with joy, and she contributed what she could. And it was a part of the whole picture that allowed us to be provided for. So it was amazing. All right, is this even happening here at our church? Is, or is anybody generous? you are so generous already again. I know there's a wide variety of people here But just want to just testify, you know, I think of the needs being met It feels like almost every week every other week There's some sort of group me that starts where we're paying for somebody's bills or we are paying for somebody's tuition Or we're helping raise money for a car Um, And I just want to say way to go church People's debt has been have been paid off because of your generosity. So keep going keep moving forward and uh, we've got, um, I think, an encouraging number, according to Larry, who does the research on this stuff, is we can have about 60% of our church that gives something, which is higher percentage than most churches or the average, I think, in the church in America. So way to go. Uh, I think the, the thing that I think of is, man, I want to continue to see that going uh, up. And so if you, um, conti- if you already give, thank you so much. But we want to continue to see more and more opportunities for people to jump in to, to see this as a biblical value. All right, let's move on. Number two is serving. Everybody say serving. All right. What do I mean by this? It means using your gifts. It means filling needs, filling spots, putting your hands to work. And when we think about serving, I always love to, to remind us that this serving is the way of Jesus. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And not only is it the way of Jesus, but it's where Jesus is. I love saying that because uh, service, you got—you when you're serving, you're getting your hands dirty, you're sacrificing. It's inconvenient oftentimes, but it's right where Jesus is. Look at this verse in John 12. It says this, and uh, this is Jesus talking. He says this, if anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So if you want to be with Jesus where he is, following his example, then that is the place of service. And don't you love that? It says the Father will honor us. We don't serve to get honored by people. We serve to receive honor and praise from God. What are the different ways serving can look? Again, practically, I'm being real practical with you guys. So here's three things. One is volunteering on Sundays. Another one is there's different needs that come up in life group. And then yet again, another way to do it, just for fun. I love when I get random texts from, uh, I think of one person in particular that says, hey, is there any way I can serve you? I can mow your yard. I can do this. can do that. And then I respond, like, yes, you can mow our yard. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> and I was like, well, hey, you offered, so just for fun. Yeah, go ahead, mow our yard. <laughs> or I think of people that offer to just watch kids for fun. You know, it's just like, that's, man, that's so impactful. Here's the specific ways that I thought of that serving can impact a church body. Okay, it could be pretty simple to understand. But one, opportunities to gather. What I mean by that is literally because our worship team uh, practices, rehearses, thinks about the songs, and takes that seriously, we have an opportunity to gather and worship together. And they are serving. So amazing. Okay, needs are met. Literally, like there's you know, there's a need for people to watch kids this morning, and there are about 10, 8 to 12 kids workers right now. Uh, During this long sermon that are that are serving our kids and need is met Okay, it's similar to others being blessed those children are being blessed And then it also what it does for the individual is when we serve when we use our gifts when we are put to work It provides a sense of purpose In what we're doing as we gather Let me ask that question again. Is any of this happening here? Yes, you guys are such servants. It's amazing. Let me just give you a couple shout outs. I mean one I just always love honoring our staff Okay, because, yes, they get paid, but they definitely don't do their job for the money, okay, (laughs) because there's other jobs that they would get paid more. But they, like, work tirelessly to um, provide a community and a space on Sundays, and also many of them are serving and leading life groups. Okay, and I also think of several others. I think of Joel, who serves on our parking team, does it in, in the cold with a great attitude every week. Thank you, Joel. I think of so many teachers that are here um, where they, for their job, they work with kids. I think of Joy and Emma and Lauren and Chelsea um, and uh, Sarah and Stephen and so many of them. They do it for their for their job, but they also have served in our kids' ministry as well and are willing to give up time. So thank you, teachers, for serving in that way. I think of Anna and Jamie that come up to the church so consistently to clean And to do dishes and to make this space an environment where we're not distracted by a bunch of trash. Thank you, Jamie and Anna. Thank you so much. I think of all of our life group leaders and those that host life groups each week so that we can have a place of community. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Give it up for our life group leaders and our hosts. All right. But, yeah, there's a space for any of you guys. Again, I'm talking to our folks, those that have committed here um, that, hey, there's a space for all of us to continue to serve. Right now we have about 65 people that are on a rotation of serving on Sundays. And that's a little less than 50% of our church, at least the average on a Sunday. And so we're really wanting and in a sense we're needing an increase of that. And so if you're not currently serving, then you are invited. Some of you, I know you can't for whatever reason or you're from out of town, but the invitation is given to come. You can st- literally stay after church today and learn more about how you could serve um, and you get a free lunch. So look at that. All right, last thing, it's probably one of my favorites, a way that strengthens the body and, and ways you can contribute to the body, and that is praying. Everybody say praying. Pray. Okay, so again, contributing to the body, there's giving, there's serving, and there's praying. Okay, prayer is obviously all over the Bible, and, you know, I love this because this is our way to commune with God, to have relationship with God. Because what this is is not, like the, the Christian walk is not a, pr- a, a walk of just principles, this is a relationship with a God that's alive. And when we pray, we are communing and interacting with him. And believe it or not, God listens to our prayers. And on top of that, he answers. Ah. Woo! <laughs> ha! <laughs> Amen! <laughs> hey, do we get every single prayer answered the exact way that we want it to be answered? No. But what you'll see over time is if you embr- like embrace a lifestyle of prayers, you're, you're starting to see God show up in your life and around your life. And you know we've we've been going through Ephesians, and I, I picked out a couple passages here in Ephesians. I'm not going to read them all, but um, I think of Paul, he, he's literally writing to this church and he's writing down what he's praying for the church. Ephesians 1.17, He mentions, hey, I'm praying that you would have a what he calls a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, meaning like, I want you to like have your your heart opened up to see how glorious and amazing Jesus is. That's a great prayer to pray for a church. And then in chapter three, he's praying for Uh, strength in people's spirits and you guys ever feel like you just need a little more strength on the inside (laughs) that you just need more endurance you just need the holy spirit to help you overcome temptation or is that just me all right it's just me all right so i need god to help me overcome temptation and i need strength and sometimes i feel weary and he's praying for this church in ephesians 3 that god would give them spiritual strength and that they'd be filled with god's fullness as they understand god's love more and more and more it's a great prayer but there's an admonition to the church in Ephesians chapter 6. It's in the context of um, pretty much spiritual warfare, the whole armor of God. Some of you guys are familiar with this. But look what it says in Ephesians 6, 16 through 18. It will be on the screen. It says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication or again prayers for all the saints. So Paul is admonishing this church: hey, if you're gonna gonna stand in the armor of God, but I also want you praying for the saints, praying for the church. Okay, what can praying look like? Here's a slide of three practical things. One is it can look like your personal time with God, praying could look like in life group. Oftentimes we will pray corporately for things, but also we pray for one another. And then we have a prayer room right up there through those windows um, that uh, is open throughout the week, about 8 to 5, Monday through Thursday. None of you guys have uh, work, but if you have that flexibility or want to give up some time during lunch, you can come up to the prayer room. But what's the impact of praying? Here's four things I thought of. I already mentioned this first one, but the impact of praying is that we get to fellowship with God. We get to have strength, like deeper relationship with God Almighty. That's amazing. Also, it produces spiritual strength and endurance for the church. So many of you guys have prayed for me and my family and our staff through these last three and a half years of the craziness of trying to plant a church in the midst of COVID and political tension and all sorts of stuff going on. And, man, we have felt the spiritual strength and the endurance to persevere because of your prayers. So thank you so much. Also it provides protection from the attacks of the enemy and God showing up in powerful ways when we pray. Isn't that great? It's the impact of praying. That, just, that list reminds me, this is so worth it to continue to pray. Now, is this happening here? Does anybody pray at this church? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I sometimes make you pray. <laughs> hey, we're all going to pray right now. Go. <laughs> you know. Uh, But just want to encourage, there's a group of young adults that meet on Wednesday mornings for what we call EMP or early morning prayer that are praying, contending for what God's doing in northwest Arkansas and praying for our church. Uh, College is getting an EMP going soon as well. There's even a small group of dudes that meet at 5 a.m. on Mondays to pray the topic that I preached on Sunday to pray that over our church and our city. 5 a.m. Jeremy leads that. You can talk to him about that. Uh, also, I, I see people coming in and out of the prayer room throughout the week um, that I love seeing. There's a group of moms that's about to start meeting on Wednesdays to pray for our families and our kids. I love it. I love it. And the invitation is still continuing, like it still continues. If you want to come connect with the Lord, come to our prayer room or gather with your life group and let's be a church that prays. Amen. All right. So I'm wrapping up here um, and just want to ask you guys one more time. Do you guys want to be part of a healthy church? Me too. And one of the things today that I'm focused on in verse 16 of Ephesians 4 is the way that we are a healthy church, healthy house, is that everyone is contributing to the body, every joint, every part doing its share. And all of us have something to offer. So in closing, there's lots of different ways I could close this, but what I want us to do is to just talk to the Lord about this topic. And what we'll do is we'll put on a song, and then there's going to be a couple prompts on the screen for you just to be thinking about. And also, if you have a journal, you can write down some answers, that whatever comes to mind. You can also pull out the notes app on your phone if you want to just kind of jot a couple things down. But just for two or three minutes here, this is how we'll close out our service, is you guys will have some time to think through some of this stuff and talk to God about it. And, And then we'll go from there. And I'll come up and close this. All right, you good? All right, go ahead and put those up there. And I think it will be understandable. So go for it. Start connecting with God right now asking them these questions.